spooky friends welcome to spooky talk um after our long unexpected break we are back unfortunately right now um my beautiful co-host dallas is under the weather so he's in bed and i am flying solo so it's just gonna be me today Alrighty, so i'm just gonna go ahead and hop right into the episode um since it's been so long since i've produced one and my mom is here with me but i guess she's shy and didn't feel like being on the show to help me out today all right, so today's title is Love, Greed, and Murder. I got this from a Snapped episode. Um, I was just kind of browsing, and this one popped up, and I thought it was kind of interesting, so I was thinking about maybe we can talk about it. Warning, the following episode contains cuss words, drug use, murder, addiction, child abuse, gun violence, and graphic dialogue. Listener discretion is advised. Home Invasion by definition, is the act or crime of entering a private home without the permission of the person who lives there, with the intent to steal or attack. The fear that you would feel would be suffocating. A stranger would be terrifying. But what if it's someone you know, or even worse, orchestrated by the one who loves you the most? And me, personally, one of my biggest fears is home invasion because this is my safe space. And... To have somebody come in and invade it would just be because my Facebook account got hacked and I got rid of Facebook because of that because I felt like it was such a major invasion of privacy. Even though people get hacked all the time, it's just that was enough for me to say goodbye. And honestly, like it tastes like freedom and it's amazing. I still haven't gotten it back. Jack Cohn was born in 1948 and was a Chicago native. As he grew into adulthood, he made a comfortable life for himself. He owned a very successful TV repair shop and he was also an arms dealer. Both businesses kept him busy and connected to the community. If you met Jack, he was your new best friend. Many would describe him as funny, generous, kind, and would give you the shirt off his back if you needed it. Being ex-military also made him a pillar of the community. Even with all his friends and businesses, Jack found himself lonely. He was getting older and wanted someone to take care of him and share his life as a partner. But it would had people scratching their heads in confusion when his eyes caught Lori Jean. Born in 1965, Lori's childhood was rough to say the least. She grew up poor and had to learn life lessons the hard way, which shaped her. She was not one to cry and showed no attachment to anyone or anything. Going to work at 15 and being on her own since high school made her tough and a strong person. She was described as having a quote-unquote commanding presence and was a very hard worker she was definitely a beast of a woman she was a big girl I wouldn't want to fight her in 1948 she moved herself to San Bernardino California to live with a longtime friend the deal was that Lori could live there in exchange for work that needed to be done on the house eventually the friend's brother who just happened to be Jack would stop by Jack was smitten with the 36-year-old Lori instantly, but she didn't return the feelings. At 17 years her senior, she wasn't interested, and Lori would always come off as cold. But with lots of lavish dates and presents, Jack and Lori became sort of a partnership. She moved into Jack's house and helped with the business. The relationship they had served both their needs. Jack had someone with him, and Lori had a place to live. There was never any affection shown between them, though, especially in public. Whatever they had, it seemed to be working. 
In the early 2000s, they got married with a small ceremony of only family and very close friends. Jack was excited to marry Lori because back in 1989, they had their one and only child that they named Jackie. Jack wanted them to be a family, and he worshipped Jackie. He loved being a dad, and Jackie never heard the word no from him. Whatever she wanted, Daddy would get it for her. With the family thriving, Jack was able to open a new business dealing in satellite dishes. Work was good, and the money was flowing in. Lori spent money like a centerfold, and Jack's shops were fronting the, her bad habits. Her favorite pastime were drinking, partying, and gambling. Every day was a good day to go to the casino. There were more problems that began to surface as their daughter entered her teens. She began to get in trouble at school. She was a party girl like her mother, and their relationship was rocky. Lori always had to be the disciplinary figure. Jack would come in to save the day, usually by undermining Lori's punishment, which I don't think is good because now Jackie's learning that, oh, I, I don't have to listen to mom because dad always comes in and tells me not to worry about it. So when Jackie turned 18 and graduated, she wasted no time leaving home. She got married, had a few kids, and picked up a meth habit. Her husband divorced her, taking the kids with him, so Jackie began dealing to support herself and fuel her addiction. She truly hit rock bottom when she got arrested at 23. Jack was devastated to find out that not only was his little girl in jail, but she also had a very bad drug problem that put her there. But dad is always there to make sure that his daughter's problems go away. In early March, he picked her up and told her that she could live with him. Jackie promised that she was going to stay clean, and even Lori was happy to have her daughter back. On April 1st, Lori wanted to take Jackie out to celebrate her being home. They went bar and casino hopping into the early morning hours. Finally coming home close to 4 a.m., they discovered a horrible sight that they did not expect. Jack was dead at 64 years old. Jack's lifeless body was bound by his hands and ankles with duct tape face down in his office. He was in front of his safe, which still was locked and closed. Yeah, I wouldn't want to come home to see that. And the pictures that they showed on Snap, you know, obviously they like blur out the faces and stuff, but still they show it. And it was, it was a little hard to watch because, you know, Jack's everybody's friend and was just, you know, an older man that probably couldn't really, if, unless he can get to his guns, you know, but having a home invasion being caught by surprise that's what it seems like here so Lori called the police who arrived quickly on scene and they described what happened to Jack was overkill with how badly his body was beaten it appeared that he was being tortured for the combination of the safe and he refused to tell he ran his business out of his house so that added to the theory that it was a robbery that had gone wrong all of Jack's guns TVs his truck and the surveillance tape from the security systems were all stolen. Lori and Jackie both appeared distraught and upset at the scene and were brought in for their statements. So that right there, too, I'm pretty sure that the police are thinking this might be an inside job, especially since the surveillance tape was taken. I don't know how many people would really know where that is and would even really think to take that. Um, but, you know, I've never sat here and thought about a home invasion, so I guess these thoughts never really crossed my mind. Lori was very confused and shocked to come home to her dead husband. She told them that Jack had no known enemies, 
and people really respected him. She recalled the entire night about how they went out to celebrate, what bars and casinos, what bars and casinos they visited, and they had stopped at Carl's Jr. before heading home. It gave both her and her daughter a strong alibi. Police had their suspicions, so they asked Lori about the possibility of maybe Jackie was involved. Lori did not try to shield her daughter from the accusation. She said that since it appeared to be a robbery, it could have been one of Jackie's friends. She was quick to inform them about her child's dark past and that she was using again. So yeah, she was like, oh my gosh. She's like, yeah, my daughter, it must have been her because she has all those drug friends and she's such a drug addict. She must have done it. And then what's even better is when the police left the room, Lori let out a dying declaration to Jack and she was like, as God is my witness. I'll see you rot in hell. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't give Lori the Oscar, and whether or not she knew she was still being recorded, it was kind of funny. <laughs> it didn't really seem too sincere, if you catch my grip. Yep, daughter has a drug and alcohol problem. Mom has, Mom has a gambling problem, so let's go celebrate at the bar and the casinos while my husband's at home being tortured to death. No. You should hang around, Mom. I think you'd be surprised at the ending of this story. You might like it. <laughs> uh. Jackie was completely useless in her interview. When the investigators entered the room that she was being held in, she was asleep. She appeared emotionless and offered little to no information. They called it when she would begin to nod off to sleep in the middle of questioning. Lori did agree to take a polygraph and they released both girls to go home and get some sleep. They would talk more in the next couple of days. So that right there shows, too, that Jackie, obviously, I mean, we all knew that she wasn't going to stay clean, but she's obviously coming down off of something if, you know, she's nodding off and can't even focus, and that's why the investigators were just like, okay, well, she's, we're not going to get any useful information out of her, and she's more interested in falling asleep, so they just said, okay, you know, we did what we could do tonight. Let's all go home. And also, too, she agreed to take a polygraph, even if, okay, I could never take one personally because I'd be so nervous that when they would ask me just to get my baseline, if my name was Lauren, I would say yes, and it would probably come up as a lie. So, and they're not admissible in court. It's just something that police use, um, like, for instance, the Chris Watts case, how when he failed his polygraph, they, you know, they, they are, we all knew Chris did it. I mean, it wasn't any kind of surprise. Um, but once they got those results and saw that he was being false, they really kind of pushed on him and then that got him to confess. So usually they kind of, they only really use a polygraph as almost like a leverage. So I would never take one, even if I was completely innocent, just because I wouldn't want to like, honestly get a lawyer, even if you're innocent, it's just safe to, cause I've have a family member who back in the day didn't keep his mouth shut and he said a bunch of stuff that the police wanted to hear and he got put in jail for 10 years and he didn't do it so it's just they sometimes innocent people will confess especially when it's when they're leaning on you so hard that you don't know what to do so when the day of the test arrived the police waited anxiously for Lori. They did check the casino camera footage, so they did their homework, and just like Lori said, there were many shots of her and Jackie in the venues all night. 
but it couldn't shake the suspicion that one of them knew more than what they were willing to say. They just weren't entirely sure which one was guilty, but they were really leaning towards Jackie. The 23-year-old obviously still had a drug problem, just got out of jail, and she kind of looked like the perfect suspect. Lori arrived, and they hooked her up to the machine. Lori remained calm when the first part of questioning, but when they began to ask her about Jack's murder, Lori would start to become fidgety and nervous. When they confronted her about her failed test results, she started yelling and left the station slamming the door behind her. Police decided that after that display of obvious innocent behavior, it was time to talk to Jackie again. So, yeah, like, remember, like, don't be suspicious. (laughs) She went in there and she was being very suspicious. When Jackie was back in the interrogation room, they leaned on her hard. When they asked her why she thought that her mom ran out of the station the previous day, she completely broke down. Through tears, she began by telling them that her mother had a terrible gambling addiction and she would go every single day. She would win big and she would also lose big more often. Lori would spend thousands of dollars to feed her habit and she would dip into the cash register. She would also take high dollar items to pawn at the shop to get fast cash. So she's taking all of Jack's shit and pawning it to get money for gambling. (laughs) Jackie dropped a bomb when she told investigators that by 2011, Lori had a pretty nasty drug habit herself. She would use meth to stay wired all night and gamble. That was the high she liked, not the actual drug itself. It turns out that Jack was very aware of Lori's addiction and it had led to several very heated arguments. It had gone so bad that Jack had kicked Lori out of the house and cut her off from the accounts. Woof. Like, I kind of had a feeling that Lori... I, I was actually really shocked to find out that Lori had a drug habit. I thought she was just into gambling. But I think those two things kind of go hand in hand because how many of us had seen videos on the internet of people tweaking their balls off and they're sitting in front of a casino machine just like pounding on the button like crazy um you know the lights the colors the high i'm pretty sure it's all very exciting (laughs) jackie continued by explaining that Lori would stay with her dealer on the couch and would often use with herself and all her friends this had been going on for months before jackie even got out of jail so it wasn't even jackie that got her mom into drugs it was Lori that did this all on her own But when she was released, her mother pulled her right back into the same life that got her in trouble before. She brought up a woman named Shauna Bayless. She had called her mother the night of Jack's murder, asking about keys. Jack had a huge key ring with at least 30 keys on it. Um, One of the investigators said that it would make an old-time janitor proud. (laughs) But Jackie recalled that Lori said it's the green one. That key is the one that opens the gate to the house. She said that she was no stranger to Shauna. In fact, her mother was staying with her, and of course, she was their dealer. Shauna's house was a hotel trap house. It was a popular hangout for drug addicts and gang members, and by the end of Jackie's interview, the investigators had heard enough. They arrested Lori, charging her with first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. And I was just like, yes! (laughs) I love justice. Because these people, they... 
commit these murders and act like these people are just trash that they can throw away. So it's so great when the officers can finally turn around and say, yeah, you're going to pay for this because that person had a life and mattered and you just completely destroyed it for your own selfish gain. So I always like it when they when they get caught pretty quick because I love a dumb criminal. When the detectives tracked down Shauna, they were not prepared for how big this web of bullshit is. When she was being escorted out, a man darted out from one of the side rooms out the back door. One of the investigators managed to grab him because he had fallen into the pool when he was trying to flee. <laughs> oh, dumbass. His name was Gary Gallion. Gary was a career criminal that had a warrant out for a parole violation. He had dealt with the police before, so he refused to talk. Shauna, however, was willing to sing like a canary, and she even dropped names. She told the investigators that Lori was pissed off because she was broke and Jack had kicked her out. She wanted revenge and wanted to set up a robbery. Her, Lori, and Gary all sat down together to use drugs and iron out the details of their plan. Shauna explained that Lori told Gary where all the security cameras were and that he needed to take the DVR so no one could review the footage. Lori instructed him to load up everything in Jack's truck and they would sell it later. Which I don't see how. I mean, it's going to obviously be registered to Jack and they're going to put a bolo, which is beyond the lookout for. So I don't know. Obviously, you know, this is made in a drug fueled. This is. This is a pipe dream, basically, to say the least. And you could tell, like, I don't think they really thought everything through, which I'm glad. <laughs> Shauna said that her part was to drop Gary off at the house, but she had called Lori to find out which key on Jack's massive key ring she stole opens the gate because she completely forgot. But Shauna began crying when she explained that Gary returned a few hours later with Jack's truck full of rifles and TV sets. He had also told her where he had disposed of the DVR, and she became very upset with Gary when he told her that Jack was dead. Shauna said that wasn't part of the plan, and he was just supposed to rob him. And she was sitting there in the police interview, and she's like, that's not cool, man. That's not cool. That wasn't the plan. So she knew that Gary was after the contents of Jack's safe and must have changed, and he must have changed the combination when he kicked Lori out. Lori had told them that there was $9,000 in cash inside of it. So all of that over just nine grand. Dangling a plea deal in front of Shauna helped the prosecution. She was their star witness and spent eight months in jail awaiting the trial. Lori and Gary were tried together for the 2012 murder of Jack Cohn. The hardship of jail had weighed on Lori, and she had lost close to 100 pounds, and her friends and family couldn't even recognize her. It wasn't even jail that was just hard on her. Like, she, she had a hard life, and she wore it on her face, because in her mugshot, she just looks haggard. So, it was just, it was just kind of... It was just kind of interesting to see kind of the progression of where this went and how everybody looks and everything like that. So, I don't know. I found it a little funny to see how she looked. Her ragged appearance was perfect for the prosecution to easily paint her as a money-hungry gambling addict. Jackie did testify against her mom. She told the court all about the problems that they had had in the past. She also talked about Lori being kicked out 
her father's talk of divorce and anything else that was going to blow up. Lori took the stand in her own defense. She claimed that she was innocent and that she loved Jack. She was being set up, and Jackie was the mastermind of the entire plot, not me. Lori explained that Jack had changed his will and left everything to Jackie. She was completely cut out. Jackie would get the house, the business, and all the money. Lori said that she didn't want to go to the casino that night and that Jackie had begged her, like, please, 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 Mom. And, you know, Lori, she doesn't go every day, so she's like, oh, no, honey, not tonight. But, you know, if you want to celebrate, okay, I guess I'll go. Lori even cried when they showed pictures of Jack's beaten and bound body, and she turned her head and refused to look. I would have made her look. Gary's defense was it wasn't him. He said he didn't know Lori and that he was breaking into hotel rooms at the time of the murder. But thanks to Shauna, she had told police that Gary dumped the DVR in a trash can by a liquor store. When the detective retrieved it, he found that it was in perfect condition. There was no attempt to destroy it. Why wouldn't you smash it? (laughs) The court was silent when the tape was played. It showed Gary walking around Jack's house, and there were several shots of him looking directly into the camera. Unfortunately, the murder was not caught on cameras, so they can only speculate that Gary murdered Jack. It was all going to come down to whether the jury believed Shauna and Jackie, or do they believe Lori? When the jury came back with a verdict, they found Lori and Gary guilty of first-degree murder. Many still think that Jackie knew more than what was heard and that she had to know about it, but the amount of evidence against Lori was overwhelming. The jury wanted to believe that since Jackie was quote-unquote daddy's girl, she wouldn't organize this vicious attack. But easy to believe that when it was against the word of addicts. The three that were found responsible were sentenced. Lori and Gary both received life in prison without the possibility of parole. Shauna received 13 years for her role in the murder per her police agreement. Jack's friends are heartbroken and no one understands why Lori was such a monster. Her love for gambling and drugs were much stronger than the love for her husband, Jack Cohn. Okay, so that includes this episode. Um, I found it on YouTube. If you just go in and write, like, snapped full episodes, um, they come up. Obviously, the videos are a little wonky due to copyright, but all of the information is still there and everything like that. So I, if you want to watch this episode, um, just go to YouTube and type in um, Lori. I forgot her name. Oh, my gosh. Um, Lori Jean Cole. She will come up, and um, it'll say it's, that it's like two hours so what it is is it's actually two episodes put together um her segment was just an hour though um if you want to make a donation to spooky talk um to you know further our quest and keeping this podcast going and maybe buying a better equipment someday we have a venmo at spooky talk podcast we also have a email so please email me with questions concerns comments or if you have a case suggestion that you want me to talk about you can go ahead and do that our email is spooky talk podcast at gmail.com we also have an instagram spooky.talk.podcast and up there is where i'm going to post pictures of the people in the case and everything like that so that way you can kind of put a face to the name and get an idea of what these people look like 
Also, too, if you would be so kind, if you want to leave us a review and give us a five-star rating on Spotify, that would be awesome. And also, too, if you want to recommend us to your friends so we can get more listeners, that would be great, too. So I guess um, since this is so short, it's just going to be a little mini. And I will. So until next time, stay spooky.